Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. So, how's everyone doing? Oh, this week has been rough. I'm having issues with my stomach, and I guess when I set up the appointment, uh, they gave me the, um, the referral time, which is not until April. This is the way this uh, doctor's office works, but, you know, I, I guess for what I have is not that serious in their eyes. So I don't know what, you know, I get a CT scan on April, and then from there I guess I'll, I will be able to tell you what's going on, if anything. But yeah, I had, I've had a lot of cramping, and it's just, it's just recent, so it's not, it's not any of my medications that I'm having issues with, I could tell you that. But other than that, I hope you're having, you had a great week, and this week to come, today's Monday, and today's going to be an easy subject, but first I want to get into something that I've seen a lot of in the last three or four days, five days even. I have this um, app on my phone, it's called Newsbreak. It gives you your local news, but also it gives you, you know, the news for your, you know, for the country and beyond. And there's been a lot of talk about opiate use and overdoses, you know, fentanyl, which which is not uncommon. That's going to be a hot topic because everyone's trying to stop these uh, overdoses from happening. And I surely would want to uh, have that happen also. You know, what can be done, though? You know, this is all falls on the government, maybe. I don't know. You know, I don't like to get into those kind of subjects on this uh, podcast, but those are just food for thought. You know, it. You know, some of the medications that are being used by these um, people, or the, the ones that they're finding on the on the streets, are opiates, maybe, but they're really dosed with high amounts of fentanyl. So, you know, I take opiates for my pain that I deal with every single day. And, you know, I've, I've been okay taking it, um, haven't overdosed. I've been taking it probably for about eight to 10 years. So, you know, I've been okay with it, but, you know, sometimes, you know, individuals get hooked on these medications and it can be real easy to happen too. So, but those are, you know, things that are just constantly are, are you know, just tearing up my phone with these messages every single day and I you know it's just getting it's getting to be a really bad epidemic out there and you know 
if any way that you know someone that's having issues, you know, try to help them out. Get them to see a doctor and help them out as much as you can. I know it can be hard. But today's subject on this podcast is going to be a very, a very easy one for everybody. I uh, get a lot of these messages that I see out there on my various uh, formats that I have. And people or um, individuals are wanting to know how to select a pain doctor, a pain management doctor. So that's what we're going to talk about, how to select a pain management doctor, everything you need to know. Now, whenever I was given a referral to my uh, pain doctor, which, you know, I never knew who he was. Uh, it was already made for me, so I didn't have the opportunity to choose and look around to see if there was other doctors. And from what I heard and was told by my, my doctor that I see is that there's not many uh, choices here in, in Fresno. Um, and a lot of the uh, doctors aren't taking new patients because, you know, of DA or, or just people that are, are coming down on them for issuing these medications to people. Um, so, you know, he's told me that, you know, it's hard to find someone. I was, I was thinking about moving on to somebody else, but I'm better off just staying where I am, stay with the doses I have and don't change the milligrams, which he, he won't do anymore. Um, and I just stay with what I've got and just try to bear the pain and get through my days. That's all I can do. I find alternative ways to um, maybe help out in between those times that I'm in pain and the medication has worn off. There's a whole bunch of different things out there that you could try. And that could be a whole new episode there. But let's get right into this episode here. So, did you know that there's more than 50 million U.S. adults report daily pain? Chronic pain impacts the daily lives of sufferers. Something as simple as getting out of bed or using the bathroom can become an ordeal when you're dealing with constant pain. However, help is available. A board-certified uh, board pain doctor can help you manage chronic pain and regain some independence. But how do you select the pain doctor that's right for you? So like it says right here, uh, getting a referral, you know, that that's probably going to be the one thing that they, they'll do for you. And you really won't have a choice who you're going to go see. But here's what it says about getting a referral. If you're looking for a quality pain management experience, it's always a good idea to ask friends and family members for a referral. With so many people suffering chronic pain, there's a high chance you already know somebody who has pain management therapies in the past. They'll be able to recommend a good doctor and warn you away from lower standards of service. You could also ask for your regular medical doctor or specialist referral. They'll be able to put you in contact with affiliates, affiliated pain experts you can trust. Another thing you want to do is look at reviews and testimonies for these doctors. 
Before you select a pain management doctor, spend some time reading patient reviews and testimonies. Reading online reviews can help you have an idea of what patients liked about each service and what could have been done better. Always use a trusted review service to make sure you get truthful, unbiased reviews. Testimonials show you patients' outcomes and results firsthand, allowing you to uh, divide whether a particular service is for you. So reading up my doctor's business card, um, he is board certified in eternal medicine and physical medicine and rehab and, spe and specializes in geriatrics and pain management. So this doctor does a lot of things. Um, he's just not one to be a pain management doctor. He does, you know, geriatrics, physical therapy, probably internal medicine. He does a lot of things. So, but the one thing he specializes in is uh, pain in the following areas, which is neck, knees, shoulder, hips, and hands. And mine being that it's neuropathy that covers all those areas. So that's what my doctor does. And, and those might be things that you, you want to look for too in the doctor. Continuing on, look for certification. You should always go with the board certified pain doctor for your pain management therapies. Make sure your doctor is fully accredited and certified before you commit to any type of treatment plan. Certified pain doctors have undergone the right training to provide an effective pain treatment service. Any good pain doctor will be more than happy to walk you through their qualifications at your request if they cannot provide credentials look somewhere else. Check your insurance. These days, it's easy to find out about any medical professional's track record. You can reference the state medical board to find out any complaints against them. Ideally, you should look for a board-accredited pain management specialist with more than five years without a complaint. If you see a recent complaint against the doctor, think about finding a different option. And finally, how to select a pain doctor. If you suffer from chronic pain, you know how important good pain management is. With this helpful guide, we're confident you'll select a pain management doctor that's right for you. So let's talk about real quick about my doctor and his qualifications and his ratings. So my doctor is affiliated with two hospitals here in our area. He received his medical degree from Ross University School of Medicine that has been in practice for more than 20 years. Uh, his specialties are unique health needs of the elderly, including chronic diseases, nutritional problems, skin ailments, cognitive loss, memory impairment, adverse effects of medications, immobility, and balances issues. Some of, some of his um, ratings have been very positive. His thoroughness of examination is excellent. Ability to answer is positive, And the clarity of instructions are fair. So, see, it's all right there. You just type in the doctor's name in the uh, Google search and you'll be able to uh, find your doctor or doctors that you may be looking up to see which one you prefer to go um, have your um, issues 
dealt with. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this article from a patient um, on how she felt when she went to her pain doctor. It's called the Letter to Pain Doctors, 10 Do's and Don'ts Tips from a Chronic Pain Patient. So I'm going to read their story and then tell you the things that they're suggesting. My chronic pain journey started over a decade, decade ago. It took me years to accept my pain and find the tools, both medication-based and non-medication-based, that work to manage my pain. Since attending the Mayo Clinic Pain Rehab Center, I've become a chronic pain champion, pain educator, and advocate in the hope of helping chronic pain patients live well despite their pain. Patients with chronic non-cancer pain aren't the easiest patients you'll see each day. Just like in an opinion, there are many layers, layers to chronic pain, making it it difficult to treat. As you know, clini clinical signs aren't always visible. Therapies are often not successful or often exist. Pain takes over our lives, makes us pangry. By the time we visit our doctor, we have likely worked with 10 plus other doctors and specialists and tried countless treatments over a period of several years if not decades. So right now I'm going to read you the 10 patient-centered communication tips that this person has found over the years to work in developing strong patient-provider relationships, improving outcomes, and strengthening compliance with our treatment plans. Here's number one. Talk less, listen more. Chronic pain patients want to be heard. Take time to peel back the onion. Listen to our stories without interruption and without judgment. By listening to us, you can find the best ways to help us and determine our willingness to change our behavior. While you may know the science behind pain, chronic pain patients are the true experts regarding their individual pain. And I would say amen to that. that that's a definite for me. Uh, see us as people and not a pain number scale. A number doesn't capture our struggle with pain, and it is often this struggle that is worse than the pain itself, resulting in greater disability, higher depression, pain-related fear, and more healthcare utilization. So besides asking what our pain level is during a particular visit, Ask us open-ended questions about how pain is affecting our lives in terms of what we do, our sleep, our mood, our relationships. Ask us what our lives would be like if we didn't have to worry about pain and help us to discover our values by asking what important, what's important to us and what makes us happy. Number three, choose your words with compassion. What you say and how you say it can affect our pain journeys and the amount of suffering we may experience along the way. Explain things clearly and simply. Use stories and metaphors to illustrate complicated concepts and try to avoid medical jargon. Steer clear of using language, including body language, that could ultimately and unintentionally cause us more despair. Phrases like bone on bone, degenerative, disease, 
you'll never be normal and you're the worst case I've ever seen, which I've been told all those right there, can cause us to become guarded, withdraw from activity. But by involving us as equal partners in the discussion and making eye contact, we will be better to understand what is happening to our bodies and we'll be able to more likely to trust and adhere to your treatment plan. Number five, switch from a find it, fix it mentality. One, once pain shifts from acute to chronic, so too must the treatment approach shift from diagnosis and cure to long-term pain management that focuses on improving function and quality of life. We want to know about cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, relaxation, exercises for flare-ups, lifestyle habits that matter like sleep and physical therapy, and the importance of pain acceptance acceptance while adapting to a new normal. Man, that would have been awesome to have something like that in, um, in the books for me, to have someone explain all that to me. Uh, number six, offer information and referrals when appropriate. We create clinicians who are familiar with the varieties of resources available to chronic pain patients and who have connections with multidisciplinary collaborative providers. We are happy to read resources and be referred to specialists who may be able to help us. We are open to pain rehab and want to understand how to use medication safely. Number seven, know that we respect you and need you. We come to you with an inherent level of trust and real and a real need for help. You're the person we turn to for answers. Well, that was quick. Those were the do's. Here's the do nots. Don't label us. Chronic pain patients are often labeled and stigmatized as being different, lazy, weak, complainers, drug seekers, drug shop, uh, doctor shoppers, or even flat out liars. Avoid using labels like these around both of us and your team and make sure everyone in the practice is on the same page. Number two, don't tell patients that pain is all in your head. While the brain produces pain as part of the body's flight and fight system, be careful not to tell us the pain is all in your head or my head. When you say that, we hear pain isn't real. You come across as dismissing the pain, and it feels like the pain is our fault. Number three, don't tell us to just live with the pain. We don't want to live with the pain. Living with pain, for lack of better words, sucks. Involve us in creating a treatment plan. Help us set a strategic, measurable, achievable, realistic, timely goals, such as go for a 20-minute walk four days a week for the next month, or volunteer 10 hours a week. And finally, do some deep breathing for five minutes, three times a day for the next month. You can, in turn, use these goals to measure treatment outcomes, celebrate your successes, and build your self-efficiency. Well, I'm really glad I found that article. It gives you uh, something to print out when I put post this. You can print it out and take it with you when you go see a new doctor or when you go back and see the doctor you've been seeing. Maybe you can get yourself on some new um, track, a different track that what you've been going uh, through. 
and really make your doctor understand how you feel and what you're dealing with. Because a lot of those times they do say those things that, you know, it's all in your head that we don't want to hear. So the best thing is to talk it out with your doctor and get things working for you and what's best for you. Thank you for being part of this episode. I'm so glad you're here with me every Monday. Also, I want to thank you for all your support. Check out my affiliates that um, sponsor here that you can maybe purchase something that you've been looking for. They have some great, great deals. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.